Hey there, Wolfpack fans. It's me again, Kenton Gears, bringing you another episode of Locked On Wolfpack. And folks, we have a lot to discuss because it's been a while uh, since I've talked to you all. But we we have the men's basketball team taking their first loss in conference to Pitt. We have uh, the women's basketball team having an absolutely excellent road victory um, against Iowa. We have the football team and going to Duke's Mayo Bowl and and uh, the the game tonight against uh, Georgia for the women's basketball team. We have a lot going on. We got a lot. And so we're going to get into all of it. We're going to cover all of it. And we're going to talk about why I think that the awards are complete and total, uh, a complete and total crock in terms of football. Why divisions going away is definitely a good thing. But again, I'm not super excited saying, oh, we're going to win 10. We're going to win 20 uh, conference championships now. And why we're, we're going to get into a few other things about some stuff that's being talked about, uh, different teams that we got going on here on today's episode of Locked on Wolfpack. So stick with me. You are Locked on Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. So first things first, I want to talk about the award. I want to talk about football, the awards, all that good stuff, because I I think that certain people, I've said this for a while now, and I'm going to keep saying it. The awards in terms of football are um, a complete and total travesty and a farce for a uh, uh, for a multitude of reasons, right? So, for example, if we look at the defensive player of the year, and everybody said, well, Drake Thomas not making the first team. Every NC State fan said that Drake Thomas not making first team was terrible and it didn't make sense and it just wasn't logical and all that good stuff. And we were told, well, you know, y'all are y'all are always going to be salty. There's always going to be a problem. There's always going to be something wrong. And NC State folks are black helicopter people and you're always imagining something that's going on. Okay, fine. Let's go ahead and and talk about what, what happened here. So we all have the same, so we're all working with the same information here. To me, it is absolutely astounding. And when I say astounding, I mean nothing short of like flabbergasting that we're talking about player of the year, defensive player of the year and all that. And we're talking about who got votes and who didn't. The guy that got the third most, third most votes, Drake Thomas, for ACC Defensive Player of the Year. Let me say that one more time now. The guy who had the third most votes for ACC Defensive Player of the Year got did not get first team all-conference. Again, a lot of these awards... It's just like in the NBA when uh, when Mark Gasol was second team all NBA defense, second team all NBA defense. Uh, LeBron James was first team, and yet Mark Gasol beat him out in terms of um, defensive player of the year. But he wasn't the best defender on his team because he did have a teammate that made first team. It's like, wait, what's going on here? Because Tony Allen made first team all defense that year, I believe. So. When you look at this and you say, well, how did Drake, again, third most votes, which means only two players 
do the folks who did the voting, only two players do the folks who did the voting in the conference believe, hey, these players were better than him defensively all year. These players had a more they had a more impactful season. They meant more to their teams on defense than he did all year. Only two players, and yet somehow, despite only believing that two players were better, period, regardless of position, where you've got more folks in it, you've got Jared Verse in it, you've got Williams from Syracuse in it, you've got all of these players in it. And somehow what you come up with is, well, yes, he was the second best, or yeah, he was the uh, the third best player but he was the fourth or fifth or sixth best linebacker. I mean, I now maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not understanding the game of football. I don't know. I've only, you know, football has been around for hundreds of years. Football has been around for hundreds of years. I've only been, uh, I've only been knowing about it for the past 17, 18. So I, I, I don't know. Maybe there's something I don't know. But last time I checked, Every linebacker is, in fact, a football player. So if every linebacker is a football player and he's the third best football player, how is he the fourth, fifth, or sixth best linebacker? I, the numbers, the math isn't mathing. It's not working out. But again, if you say anything about it as an NC State uh, fan, as an NC State media person, you're, oh, you're a black helicopter. Oh, it's always somebody conspiring against y'all. Oh, it's always... The the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the pudding. Everybody said, oh, you can't say he had a better year than Cedric. You can't say he had a better year than Yasir Abdul. You can't say he had a better year than Ken. Okay. And yet he got more votes for defensive player of the year than Cedric. That's just the reality. That's just the reality. That's just... I'm not telling y'all nothing that I think. I'm telling you what I'm not telling you who I think deserved the most votes. I'm not telling you who I think was the best player. I'm telling you what I'm looking at. What I'm staring at with us with the straightest face that I ever have. Defensive player of the year, Kalijah Kansi for Pitt, 19 votes. Yasir Abdullah, Louisville, 17 votes. Drake Thomas, NC State, nine votes. Jared Verse, Florida State, seven votes. Charlie Thomas, Georgia Tech, four votes. Cedric Gray, UNC, four votes. That's what I'm telling you. That's what I'm telling. I'm not telling you something that I feel. I'm telling you something that's there. But Let's let's move on to more positive news. Tim Beck is um, he has you know allegedly accepted a deal to become the next uh, head football coach at uh, Coastal Carolina, and you know people are people are saying, well, what does this mean, and and you know why, how does this work out, or what's what's going on? I'm gonna tell you this. I'm not one of those people. That's like, oh, no, I see my my ex or something like that in a better situation. I'm disgusted. Oh, no, I, I can't believe that they're doing Or, oh, no, I see this person going on. Listen, I ain't mad at you. I am not mad at you. Mr. Beck, I wish you the best. I hope you always have sunny weather. I hope that you never, 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 never run into injury problems. I hope that all of your trick plays work out to the best of their abilities. Hey. I am not mad at you. I hope that everything you want works out exactly the way you want it. That's all I got to say there. Again, happy for you. 
I know that his um, his daughter played volleyball at, at Coastal Carolina, so I know he's been there, knows the program and all that. Hey, more power to him. I'm happy for him. But now, NC State, in terms of where they go for the next offensive coordinator, I'm not – I don't have any uh, deep information on that at the moment. What I do know, what I, what I can tell you for certain is that um, – Tim Beck was implored to explore his options. So there, I don't think that this was a non-amicable split or, or, you know, anybody's upset at anybody. I think, hey, obviously every coach or almost every coach wants to move up, wants to progress, wants more responsibility, wants to be the head guy, wants to run the show the way they want to run the show. And I think NC State also realized, hey, it's been great, Tim, but time to move on. And so – Again, I think that the the search that we see coming up, I don't think it'll be too long because while many people like to, you know, talk about NC State, where we are, where we are now, whatever the case may be, at the end of the day, you have a Power 5 offensive coordinator job opening up. That could attract a ton, a ton of folks, period. Like, full stop. That, there is not a, there's not a world in which you're looking at a team that has the stability of a head coach that's been there for nearly a decade or, yeah, for basically a decade at this point. And the team has the the support of the uh, athletic director and all that good stuff. They have the strength conditioning coaches, the assistant AD and all that good stuff. You're not looking at that type of setup and saying, like, mm, I'm not sure if I want to go there, especially when you look at the uh, past string of offensive coordinators. I mean, uh, the last two, or yeah, the last two went on to become head coaches at other places. One in the SEC, one the winningest team in the group of five over the last three years. I mean, it's a it's a good. It's not to me. It's not hard to sell this job at all, and I'm not just saying that because again, I'm an NC State guy. That's not. It's not what that is. It really is a really good job. If you're telling an offensive coordinator, hey man. Do you want uh, – it's like a coach that puts a lot of players in lead. If you want to go sit on a guy's couch and say, hey, I can send – ma'am, I can send your son. Sir, I can send your son to the NFL. They're going to say, well, how do you plan on doing that? And what's the what's the final product? Same with coaches. If you want to tell a coach, hey, you come here and do this job well, you're going to get a head coaching job elsewhere. The proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the pudding. That it's it's available, it's all there for him. So that's all I'm gonna say on that. Hey, Tim, more power to you, man. I wish you the best. I wish you the best, brother. I, I I hope you all the great things in life. I hope you all the good things in life. Again, I hope you win every game that you're not playing the red and white from NC State. I hope that every everything goes well for you. But uh it's time to go. This this thing is like a, a – this relationship became like a well-done steak. It was just a little overcooked. It was about time. And speaking of steaks, let me tell you about Omaha Steaks. And you better not be doing your Omaha Steaks well done now. You know what I mean? I, how you eat your food is your business, but I need you to love yourself more. But anywho, um, how was the gift of Omaha Steak just received when when you sent it to a friend or family? The holidays are here and achieving gifting greatness when you give the perfectly aged, tender and delicious Omaha steaks is, is always going to be a good time. It's always going to be a good thing. 
The steak experts at Omaha Steaks have put together special curated gift packages to help take the guesswork out of gifting and make you a holiday hero. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to get $30 off your order. Omaha Steaks is ready to ship ready to ship your order right away, so shop early and beat the shipping rush. Go to omahasteaks.com, use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, a gift that you will that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with the complete confidence knowing that you're ordering the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com, use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to get that extra 30% off at off of your order. Minimum order uh, may be required, all right? Again, Omaha Steaks has everything you need to make a gift that's simply perfect. So don't forget, uh, a gourmet gift from Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart. It's a gift they'll remember. Plus, with the special offer, you get $30, $30 off um, of your order. And there, there is a minimum order required. Whether you're shipping to friends, family, colleagues, or yourself, every order is backed by their unconditional money-back guarantee. So there's that. So let me talk about the women's basketball team and, and their win over Iowa for a second, right? Because, you know, again, a lot of folks were – or not a lot, but there were a few folks – that went a little stir crazy when this team um, was blown out in, in Connecticut by uh, UConn. And I'm going to say this again, if your only two losses in the last like five or six months or whatever the case may be, both came to UConn and the state of Connecticut as a women's basketball team, not two months in the last few months of you playing have come to, um, the the Yukon Huskies in the state of Yukon. There's worse things in the world. There's worse things in the world. And like I said, this team is figuring out their roles, um, figuring out what they what they need to do in real time. And I'm gonna tell you, this is a team that when they played when they played uh when they played Iowa, there are a few things that I want to talk about that I'm like, this is big time. This is big time stuff right here. Number one, Diamond Johnson, and the numbers don't really fully give a full picture of how well she moved the ball. They really and truly don't. And and to think about this for a second, Diamond Johnson was almost always, or I believe always, was the shortest player on court in this game. And yet, and yet, she was tied for the lead for both teams in rebounds with nine. Diamond Johnson showed up. She showed out. She had 22 points, nine rebounds, four assists, one steal. She showed up. Not only her, Sanaya Rivers. I was told that Miss Rivers couldn't shoot. That's what I was told. Three or four from deep, nine of 11 from the field. And some of those were some, some contested mid-rangers. She led the team in assists with five, four steals to boot. And let me tell you this. You look at Caitlin Clark's numbers and you say, oh, man, Caitlin Clark dropped 45 on him. She, oh, Caitlin was cooking. She dropped 45 on him. Let me explain something to you. Caitlin Clark absolutely was cooking, but that wasn't because Sanaya Rivers wasn't doing her job. Sanaya Rivers made shots tough on her. It's just that Caitlin Clark is not just one of the best scorers in the in the women's college basketball ranks or in women's college basketball right now. She's one of the best we've ever seen. Full stop. Period. 
I don't think that there are a ton of players. And some people may say, well, you know, Caitlin Clark has a green light to jack up with a lot of volume. And if there were a bunch of players who had that before her, they'd be putting up the same numbers. I very strongly disagree. Very strongly disagree. But anyway, with that being said, Caitlin Clark, like I said, she put up 45. She did everything and all that. But the key, the key to this game to me, what won this game to me is our bigs and their energy against Monica Cisnano. And I'm just going to tell you straight up and down, Camille Hobby, River Baldwin, they played some physical, they played some intense, they played some high energy, high effort defense that, again, it will not show up in the box score. It will not show up in the box score how well they did what they did. It presents in the box score, if you look at their numbers, um, Camille Hobby had 10 points, six rebounds, two assists, one block, two steals. River Baldwin, four points, one re- – I'm sorry, four points, one steal, three rebounds, four personal fouls, three turnovers. Again, it doesn't show up in the box score. It doesn't tell you in the box score what these women did. But the fact of the matter is Monica says not know is their, their big presence down low. She is the person that kind of opens it up for Caitlin Clark because, of course, Caitlin Clark is always going to be your your first – and second, um, first and second on your scouting report to say, we need to stop her. We need to stop her. We need to, you know, if, if anybody is, needs to be stopped, it's her. However, stopping Cisnano was huge, was huge. And let's make no bones about this. They did nothing short of effectively stopping her. Five points, nine rebounds, um, and four turnovers for Cisnano. That is nothing short of stopping her. I don't care what you say. I don't care how you say it. You can't tell me, oh, yeah, this is it, it makes sense. And, and we expect it or, you know, that is something that um, that is something that you always expect when you're looking at when you're looking at that. Iowa team says Nano's never supposed to put up big numbers. I beg your pardon. I fully and wholly beg your pardon. Again, she's the. She's the second in command. She's the player that's next in line behind um, Caitlin Clark in terms of, hey, who's going to get the job done? Who's going to do what they need to do? It's her. It's her. Whenever you say, Caitlin's struggling right now, who else do we get the ball to? It's her. It's her. Full, full stop. Second on the team, averaging 16 points per game, and they held her to five. That's all you got to say there. That's all you got to say there. Looking at a player who averages 16 and holding them to five, holding them to one third of what they normally do, is just like when you're playing Caitlin Clark, it's like the Jordan rules, right? You're not going to stop Jordan, but what you're going to do is force him to place, force him to places where he's uncomfortable. And yes, I'm a Pistons fan, so the Jordan rules are very, they're very near and dear to my heart. But anyway, you force him where he doesn't want to go. You make it hard on him. He's going to score, but you make it hard on him. Force him where he doesn't want to go. Cut off the other guys. That's exactly, literally, to the T, what this team did. Again, Kaitlyn Clark got her 45, but it wasn't an efficient 45. It wasn't a 45 that you look up and you're like, hey, you know, that that's a there's just a ton of plays there where we just didn't get it done. And also, Jakia Brown-Turner being aggressive. Another thing that when JBT is aggressive, when she's hunting her shot, when she's going for it, this team is in a, a good spot. This team is going to be in a good position. At the end of the day, that's what you hope for 
more than anything else. When JBT is hunting for her shot, when she is actively going for it, it makes this team better because I don't think that there's a single place on the court where she can't score from at a high clip. And so when you've got Diamond Johnson rolling, when you've got Sanaya Rivers rolling, when you've got JBT rolling, you've got a good thing going on. You've got a very, very good thing going on. And and so this women's basketball team, again, they deserve some love. They deserve some credit because that's – yes, Iowa has not been great. Iowa's women's basketball team has not been great against ranked teams um, in the past two years. But at the end of the day, that's still a good team. And, again, this team is still – you know, everybody talks about, well, they're, they're leading scorers. There's a lot of juniors and seniors and all that in there. Sure. Sure, there are. But also, a lot of these players are just now playing in their roles. Madison Hayes has never been a starter. She's playing and learning in that role. Camille Hobby, never been a starter. Jada Boyd, never been a starter. Jakia Brown-Turner, never been expected to be a one or two option. And even though, even in this game, even though Sanaya Rivers, again, 22, Diamond Johnson, 22, Jakia Brown-Turner, 17, was it it was needed period it was needed if she doesn't have the game that she has nc state doesn't win this game so diamond johnson never been the the lead guard at nc state at least never been lead guard in terms of being expected to play make as well as uh score the basketball so you know these are players that they're learning to play together they're growing together they're figuring it out together they are it's it's great to see because again this conference is tough. This is not a a conference that you look at and you're just like, oh yeah, this is this is gonna be an easy little uh, this is gonna be an easy little walk in the park of a conference. It's not, it's not okay. Because when you look at this conference from top to bottom, you see teams that do really great things, and you see teams that you know they sometimes leave you with a head scratcher or two. But at the top, this conference. When you look at Virginia Tech, when you look at Notre Dame, when you look at the girls in baby blue, it's it's not an easy conference. It's not a conference that you look at and say, hey, this is going to be some pushovers. It's not a conference that you're ever going to do that with. Okay, I don't know what's going on with uh, Louisville right now, but even with them, you you do not want to look at this conference and say, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to sleepwalk our way on to a win because it's not going to happen. That's just... That's not going to work out the way you think it's going to work out. I promise you, it will not. It will not. The Irish took a loss to Maryland earlier this season, but they also uh, got a win against UConn. So, like, the very next game. So, like, it's just like the Iowa – I mean, just like the uh, Notre Dame teams that we saw last year, They when they balling, they're balling. It gets, it gets intense. And when they're not, they're not. And it's like, oh, what's going on here? So. You know, this is a a very good women's basketball conference. But again, um, our women are right up there with anybody. They can play up there with anybody. That's my personal belief. And watching them play, I feel comfortable. I feel confident that they can play with anybody. So, you know, that's that's the reality there. And again, they've showed up. They've showed me good stuff. They've showed me things. I'm like, hey, Westmore is a winner. I believe in these players. And that's just the reality. Okay. And now at in at Locked On Wolfpack, we believe that your home should be where you and your family feel safest, especially over the holidays. This season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system, Simply Safe. 
And right now, Simply Safe is offering Locked On Wolfpack listeners 40% off a new security system. But don't put this off. Here's where here's why I love it. Simply Safe is just the best, and they have their own patented technologies that you know the the fast protect technology that is exclusively at Simply Safe allows for 24/7 monitoring agents to use it. And so, in an emergency, they capture critical evidence that verified threat is real, and they get high priority police response. Again, 24-7 police monitoring, I'm sorry, 24-7 professional monitoring service costs under a dollar a day, less than half the traditional price of home security systems. With the top-rated Simply Safe app, stay in complete control of your system to arm and disarm it, unlock for a guest, access your cameras, or adjust your systems at any time, anywhere. Don't miss your chance to save big on my favorite security system. Get 40% off any new system at simplysafe.com slash locked on college today. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on college. There's no safe like simply safe. Folks, we're about to land this thing. But before I do, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, the fans showed up for the pit game and the, the team didn't in terms of NC State men's basketball. Let me explain something to y'all. That team, I think that there are still very valid criticisms of Coach Keats not drawing up enough offense, not drawing up looks to get guys open, to get buckets, right? I think Larry Brown is one of the greatest coaches of all time at that. I think Larry Brown is, and again, I hate to keep bringing it back to the Detroit teams, but Larry Brown, even after Detroit, even when he was at SMU and all that, is great at drawing up plays that just get his guys in their spots to knock down the shot. And sometimes... As a basketball player, all you need to do, see the ball go through the hoop once. See the ball go through the hoop once or twice. And then all of a sudden, you're cooking. All of a sudden, you're you're back to where you were. And that is a very, very valid critique of Coach Keats. That's a very, very valid critique of Coach Keats for this reason. What I saw, the things that I look at out of this game when I say, how, how, how did we lose this game? What I'm looking at here is the fact that we had two guys who are starters, two guys who are both playing big minutes, two guys playing huge minutes that did absolutely nothing. That's what I look at. That's where I say, okay, where was this game won or lost at? Because when you think about the traditional way that we look, that we were losing last year, we were getting out rebounded. We won the rebound battle by six. We were turning the ball over. We did not do a terrible job of taking care of the ball this game. It wasn't like we were, you know, having 10, 15 turnovers per quarter. We actually had less turnovers than Pitt. It's not like we're settling for threes, not getting to the rim. Again, we shot more free throws than Pitt. It's it was just one of those games where as a group, as a unit, for whatever reason, it just wasn't there. The shots just weren't falling. And again, when I say the two starters had absolutely horrible shooting games, um, the reality is Jarkel Joyner and Jack Clark combined now, combined. This that this stat line is hard to read. Oof, this stat line is hard to read. They combined for three points, 
five turnovers, three assists, two blocks, two steals, 15 rebounds between the two of them. But here's the kicker. Oh, for 20 from the field. Oh, of 14 from deep. Now, I want you to think about this for a second, okay? I'm not saying that they need to hit every one of those shots. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that they we need to um, make sure or we need to have no way possible that we're we're missing any any open looks or any good looks from deep. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is 0 for 20 out of two starters who are both playing 25 minutes plus is unacceptable. It's unacceptable. Jarkel Joyner going 0 of 12, unacceptable. That is, oof, oof. 0 of 12, five turnovers, two assists. So with that being said, again, if Keats draws up something that gets these guys in position to hit a shot or two and gets them a little warmed up, then I'm like, all right, cool. He's done his part. He's got you a couple good open looks. Now it's your turn to capitalize on that and all that. And now it's your turn to use that heat that you now have to make some more shots. I get that, but we didn't have that. But again, Pitt is not a, a great team in this conference, not a team that you're like, oh, this is the barometer for where we want to be. Not at all. However, I ended with there should still be some some love and optimism around this team because, again, I'm not expecting, I'm not expecting two of my stars to go 0 for 20 ever again, 0 for 14 from deep ever again. I'm not expecting that. Seven missed free throws. I mean, that's possible. That's that's possible. But again, they lost by eight, missed seven free throws, and the two starters went 0-14 from deep. If either one of those things look diff- looks different, the outcome of this game is different. So I, I'm I'm hesitant to say, oh, this is the same old team from last year and they're a terrible team and did it out. Listen, I understand that some people feel like, hey, if he ain't figured it out by now, he needs to get off the pot. I'm not mad at that. But again, while, while Keats is here, we need to show him love. We need to show him love. Thank y'all so very much for coming out, Wolfpack Nation. Again, Tim Beck, more power to you. Best of luck at Coastal Carolina. Our women's basketball team on the right track. Huge win on the road at Iowa. Um, doing good things there. Our men's basketball team. Don't give up on those guys yet. Don't give up on them. Don't get. This is a team that I still think has a lot of good things um, in front of them to make happen. But again, Keats has got to draw up something to get guys out of slumps. And we need to figure out, um, or we just need to hit shots, honestly. It's, honestly, defensively, I don't think we were bad. I don't think we were bad in, in terms of taking care of the ball. I don't think we were bad in terms of rebounding. I just think that we did not get it done in terms of shooting. But there was a terrible shooting night, and I hate to see it. Anywho, Wolfpack fans, thank you all so very much for coming out. I appreciate you every single time. Y'all make this show what it is. Peace and love, y'all. And as always, go Pack. You are locked on Wolfpack. Your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 
your team every day. 